Hey guys, Tony here. Can I talk to you for 30 seconds? The holidays are upon us and everyone is looking for a unique gift for that special someone, and Hero Habit has you covered. Swing by HeroHabit.com today and start a subscription to one of our monthly trading card boxes. You pick your favorite team and we send you 20 to 25 cards every month. No more sorting through hundreds of packs to pick out your favorite players and being stuck with tons of cards you don't want. We do the searching and sorting for you. Plus, we include autographs, relics, and short print cards too. A lucky Yankees fan is going to get a Luis Servino autograph patch booklet card. And a lucky Cardinals fan is going to get a Stan Musial autograph card. Or how about a Ken Griffey Sr. autograph heading to Seattle? We have boxes for baseball, football, and basketball available for $15 a month, and shipping is always free. Plus, if you're not into sports, we have music, TV, comic book, movie, and WWE mystery boxes, which have a guaranteed hit in every box. Whether you're looking for something for someone else, or you just want to treat yourself to a fun, affordable way to collect your heroes, Hero Habit boxes are a great idea. Swing by HeroHabit.com today to sign up. Okay, let's get this show started. Welcome to Kinks and Beats Daily. I am your host, Tony Fry. Today, we are talking about a Beatles song that, since its release, has been a topic of incredible hate. Maybe unfairly so. We're talking about Maxwell's Silver Hammer. It was released September 26, 1969 on Abbey Road. It was track three in between something and oh darling and uh it's maybe the most hated beatles song on that album it was definitely the most hated beatles song on that album maybe of their entire catalog and it defies logic how is this ranked most more hated than wild honey pie i mean come on so Um, Rolling Stone said of this track, Paul McCartney and Ray Davies are the only two writers in rock and roll who could have written Maxwell's Silver Hammer. uh, That's funny, considering this podcast. I would also throw Harry Nilsson into the mix, but I get it. It is a vaudeville-style, semi-swing, you know, uh, whatever. And it's got a dark lyric. It's a catchy little kid's song about a serial killer who beats people with a hammer. John, who uh, isn't even on the uh, record, and Ringo have both called it granny music. Uh, In a recording that has been publicized a lot in the last year because of the 50th anniversary of Abbey Road. So a little bit backstory. It has been reported for decades that the Beatles knew that Abbey Road was going to be their last album. So they went into the studio. They said, we'll be on our best behavior. We're going to make an album uh, like we used to. That's just a high quality musical, you know, uh, statement. Then this year, this recording is released uh, of, a, of a meeting at Apple Records between three of the four Beatles. And the reason it was recorded is because uh, Ringo wasn't there. And in that meeting, they're talking about their next album. 
So obviously that debunks the whole myth that the Beatles knew Abbey Road was the end. And in it, John says, you know, I think you and, you know, he's talking, you know, John, Paul and George should all get four songs and we'll give two songs to Ringo and every, every songwriter will have equal footing. And he specifically says, if we all have four, you know, talking him, Paul and George, uh, if we all have four songs, then songs like Maxwell Silverhammer won't end up on an album, which nobody really dug. And he says, I don't even think you digged it, dug it, digged it. I don't know. And Paul says, you know, of course I, I dig it. I recorded it because I dig it. Whatever. Uh, bickering aside, um, it's well documented that Paul, uh, George and John, and to a lesser extent Ringo, did not enjoy this song. And they did like a thousand takes of it. And they, you know, it was recorded. He pitched it for the White Album, got declined. Uh, they recorded it for the Get Back sessions in early 69. And then they recorded it for the Abbey Road sessions in, in uh, mid to late 69. So this song has been floating around since 1968. And they've done take after take after take. And the amazing thing about it is that all these takes kind of sound alike. It doesn't make sense why they had to do so many takes. Um, on the recent box set of uh, Abbey Road, they include take 12 of Maxwell's Silver Hammer. And there's no reason to me, when you listen to take 12 or um, the take that they used on the anthology, Anthology 3, which I think uh, I'd have to look and I didn't, but I think it's a Frankenstein edit, so there's a couple different takes on there. But the song sounds like Maxwell's Silver Hammer every single time. So I don't understand why they did so many takes when they they got it right and could have just kept doing overdubs and all that. That's neither here nor there. Uh, George Harrison plays bass and lead guitar. He delivers a good bass line. Got some cool little turnarounds in it that would I think most people would be surprised weren't Paul. Uh, and a great lead guitar line. Kind of has a, a country flavor to it. Um, Paul's doing a lot of work on the synthesizer, but it's very under understated uh, and supports the melody lines and stuff like that. It's, it's a cool, cool use of the uh, relatively new Moog synthesizer. Um, so what, where does the hate for this song come from? I mentioned Harry Nilsson, and I think that Harry might have been, if not subconscious, a direct influence on this album or on this song. When you hear Paul at the end, right before the last guitar solo, uh, he goes, well, oh, 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 that is a straight up Harry Nelson uh, inflection. And you could say chicken or egg right there. Harry was influenced by the Beatles. The Beatles were somewhat influenced by Harry Nelson. But this is what gets me is John and Paul, both the year before, or maybe a year and a half before, cited Harry Nelson as their favorite. Uh, music act at the time. Harry Nilsson was straight up writing granny music from album one till his final album. 
John all the time talks about how he didn't like the lush production that Paul brought to things. And then on the album that uh, he produced for, for Harry, basically becomes Phil Spector. It's all sorts of orchestration and echo and heavy production and all that. So there is a double standard there. And I think um, there was some resentment because of the insistence on recording this a bajillion times, much like he did with Obladi, which was another song that George and John have um, crapped all over retroactively and uh, at the time. So I think Paul did it to himself where he should have just said, all right, that sounds good. It's not a complicated piano line that Paul's playing. Um, it does not demand a lot of Ringo on drums. It doesn't demand nearly as much as Here Comes the Sun or I Want You, She's So Heavy, which you know they didn't do a thousand takes of. So I think Paul did it to himself by insisting that they do it over and over and over again. And then that public resentment from John and George uh, has influenced critics and fans ever since. It's not a bad song, guys. Is it a little long? Sure. But how do we say that this song is a lightweight throwaway, but then we're willing to take Mean Mr. Mustard and Polythene Pam and Sun King as as a acceptable uh, John Lennon compositions on this album? I mean, come on. It is too long. Maybe a verse less or the arrangement changed a little bit to, to take 20 or 30 seconds off of it would have been good. But, you know, it is what it is. It's also, I think, suffers from its placement on the album. We open with a rocker like Come Together. Then we go into something, arguably the best ballad in the Beatles catalog. Then we hit Maxwell Silverhammer, Lightweight Fluff. And then we get to Oh Darling, which is a great rocker. Um, maybe if it was sequenced different, maybe swap Oh Darling and uh, Maxwell's. And and it's thought of differently. But then it backs up to Octopus's Garden, which is a very similar um, you know, kid melody with the country style guitars and all that kind of stuff. So there's maybe, maybe it's not right for Abbey Road and it would have been different on Let It Be or the White Album. So it could be a matter of circumstance that this, this song gets the hate that it gets, but I don't think it's fair because it's not a horrible song. And the 2019 remix Listen to that full blast on your headphones. There's some meat on those bones. Um, but it is what it is. So that's Maxwell Silver Hammer. It was covered by Steve Martin um, for the 1960 or 78 movie Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. His version is ridiculous, but it makes me laugh. I think it's funny. Um, so yeah, you know, John had suggested maybe Paul give these types of songs to other artists. This would have been one that um, Harry Nilsson would have been perfect for at the time. Maxwell Silverhammer. Somehow, uh, the most hated fans love to hate on this song. Critics love to hate on this song. Um, it, it begs the question 
if Ray Davies had released this, would it have been thought of differently? It had this come out on Arthur, would it be as hated as it is on Abbey Road? It's hard to say. There's a couple songs. I was just talking to my father about that, um, about a different song, Vice Versa, a Kinks song that we both love, that we both would have hated had Paul McCartney written it. So who knows? Give it a listen. Listen to the outtakes. Tell me how you think that take 12 is so much different than the final take that they had to keep going over and over and over and over and over again. Um, but listen to that new 2019 remix because uh, it, it's I really like the way the band sounds on this remix and the stereo separation is, is cool. Tomorrow, we're back to the kinks and we are talking about um, maybe their biggest yacht rock hit. Um, and I might lose some Kinks fans on this one because it's not one of my favorite tunes. Don't hate it. We still haven't covered a Kinks song that I hate, but uh, not my favorite. Give me a call, 925-494-1739. Email me, kinksandbeats at herohabit.com. Visit us at herohabit.com for other Kinks and Beatles-related um, uh, uh, content. And as always, you can follow Hero Habit at Hero Habit on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I will talk to you tomorrow. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday and have a great day. This podcast is presented by the Hero Habit Podcast Network. Swing by herohabit.com today to comment on this episode and poke around our growing database of sports and pop culture news, reviews, and collectibles. Herohabit.com. Collect your heroes.